This is Open Encounters. Hear the voices of the people who have crossed the Mediterranean Sea. Now they're on their next journey of settling their lives in Italy and beyond. Their voices on Open Encounters. From migrants of the Mediterranean. Welcome back to Open Encounters. So I'm recording this about a week out from the release of Peter's story in Gran Ghetto. I'm in Napoli, Naples, Italy at the moment, where I'll be spending a couple of days on the ground at a housing camp outside the city. Fabulous, who you know from episode two of Open Encounters, lives there, and we've decided on a full day together to see every bit of what life is like in those parts. The plan is to actually meet more of those around him too. There's about 40 people total in his housing now, he said, to capture their stories and share them back with you. Stay tuned. You can never really predict how things will go on the ground, who's going to be interested to talk or have their picture taken. And this is part of the work, the unpredictability of it. And usually, actually, that just means you're on the right track. Anytime you think you can predict anything, but you have an answer for how things ought to go, it means you're trying to control a situation, right? If there's anything I've gleaned from the work I've done on the ground these past few years, though, it's that you control nothing. And what good news that you don't, <laughs> that you haven't got to. You are relieved of duty from controlling the world. Instead, we just watch things unfold in response to what we bring to it. I brought a load of joy with me today to Napoli and some serious damn gratitude. Why? Well, like dumb luck, I met a new friend recently, an Italian woman who's just returned to Rome, where she's from, after traveling around the world. We met through a mutual friend, and it was one of those instantaneous things where we dove instantly into life and so many of its nuances and emotions in our first hour in person together. It was just a rush of fresh air that I really needed. It shifted my thinking a lot. In fact, it actually just took me out of my head. And we need this from people. It's actually what people do. If my friendship begins and ends with this singular encounter, I will be happy enough. I will be happy enough with that, although I suspect there's a lot more to it anyway. And why is this important? Because it reminded me again of how fundamentally important it is to have people around you engaging you, bringing you in, hearing you, supporting you. Just a conversation can do this. So I land here in Napoli in the late afternoon on a Sunday, step out of my hotel for a walk and some errands. One of those most important of errands when you are in Napoli is gelato. So I took my cone of ice cream, the usual, pistachio, and that's when I met Clement. Exiting the gelateria, he was right there smiling and says, Salve. He's not getting a lot of hellos in return because he's looking for spare change from customers on their way out. But you know, I've made it my job to say hello to strangers, and in particular, those strangers from Africa here in Italy. Clement is from Edo State in Nigeria, and today, October 27th, he celebrates his third anniversary of landing in Italy. He landed in Lampedusa, he says, which was just a few days before I was there myself in 2016. So he was probably on the island when I was, um, although we didn't meet then. When, and that's when all of those first interviews started, when this work truly started, that week. The 27th is about a, a week before I met Pavi, who you know from earlier episodes of uh, Open Encounters and, of course, many of his stories that are on the site, too. Well, Clement says he has a few stories to tell, and I bet he does. 
he has a negative on his asylum hearing, he says, but is appealing. So our plan is to stay in touch and hear his whole story eventually. And that can happen. Strangers can show up and become someone you trust. They can become the people of your life, or at least be the person who brightens it for a minute or an hour or a day. I've got gratitude for my new encounter with my Italian friend who's just skipped across the globe. And I've got even more in my pocket for a beaming encounter with Clement from Nigeria here in Naples now too, and he needed that. That's how it works. That's how we make it through. A friend and a TV news director I know said to me the other day in criticism, well, your work is too personal. And it's not that it's too personal. It's that journalism of encounter like this, of humanitarian storytelling, is simply personal. This is personal work. If you take that away, Migrants of the Mediterranean doesn't mean much. But you bring yourself personally into it, that's when you find Clement on the street, finally seen as a person and an equal. That is what I do. Now, let's get into part two of my conversation with Peter. We recorded in the field just next to the grounds of Gran Ghetto. Read that story and see the footage I gathered there on the site. It's at the top of the homepage. You can't miss it. Migrantsofthemed.com. In this recording, the wind's blowing and you'll hear that pretty strong on the mic. Just stay with it because anyway, if you're a listener to this podcast, it means you already forgot the patience to listen to so many things that are unfamiliar to you. And listening to unfamiliar things takes patience innately. None of these conversations, I think, are ever really easy to jump into. I want them to become easier because I want you to know the people in the easy way I do personally. But at the same time, we have to use this platform too to cover off on all of the concrete tactical issues the guys deal with in their lives. Those details have to be accounted for. And doing that sometimes creates a jerky cadence in our conversation. It's not always easy to get an answer to questions for reasons of language and slang and different accents. My American accent is not always easy for the guys to hear. So look, it's the usual setup you're used to, and I just ask that you stay with it. Stay with it for Peter, who deserves to be damn heard. After all of this, he deserves to be heard. I've never seen anything as squalid as the camp of Gran Ghetto, and it does sicken me to know a person I care about is resigned to living there. When I left the ghetto, I had a sinking feeling that something was left unsaid between us. I still don't know what that was. I suspect it was the hard contrast of my ability to leave Gran Ghetto and Peter having to stay. I can't put that into words. I walked away realizing my limits. I realized there were things Peter wanted to say, but that I did not ask. I'm afraid being so far removed from the reality there, I will never really know what to ask to prompt the response that gets to what it truly means to be stuck living in Gran Ghetto. But that moment past is another thing I cannot control. In the future, I'm going to open up the mic to let the guys say what they want to. Let them tell you what's up without my framing it with a question that may not matter to them. In the meantime, here's Peter and I again in early October 2019 at Gran Ghetto in southern Italy. about safety here you see for yourself if you said safety you already see not here about safety in our life 
cooking I'm out or when person is doing anything I'm out when sentimental is finished I go home that one is not good the other people around the camp like the ones who were telling me to stop taking photos do you do you feel like you're in any danger among them or is there only a problem because an outsider like myself is there taking pictures yeah sometimes I feel like this because People are angry. People don't want their photo to spread out the way of living because people are very angry. So how you say people are living hungry way? So they did not like person to take their picture out or show it in social media because you know the way of living, standard of living is very terrible. People are not expecting this kind of life is in Europe. And how many people are living in your in your small cabin that container that you're living in? It's five people. You go, you enter there, you see for yourself. We have two bed, one is on the left, one is on the right. We have there five people. The one bed on the right is two people, the one bed on the left is three people. How many people sleep in the bed with you? Three people. I have three people with me there. What is it like for you to sleep in a bed with two other people? <laughs> it's not good, man. it's sickness, you know. It's sickness. Three people, you know, the breeds are different. You don't know these people if someone is having sickness or not. When it breeds, you inhale it. You know how you look like. In a room, at least one enough two people for like to sleep. Three, four, five people. It's just suffocated. It's a sickness. Nobody likes to live this way. How long do you think that you can stand living this way with no privacy?
small thing where you see that red something is waving okay inside there you can go for wash only to take showers okay but if you want it's cold water say cold water hey me before i was not feeling cold because before i told you that but when i came here always cold water now i'm feeling cold hey now the place is very cold eh? it is getting cold out and and what about things like charging your phone so you can use your phone. We use solar to charge phone. Here there is no current. Where you can have current. No current the, here. These are no housing. Mm-hmm. People just make this temporal. Even the person that give us here, mm-hmm. the government give us here, just a temporal. So no electricity here. Nobody can install electricity here. And you said you paid for six months to be here. What was the cost? How many euros was it for your spot in that container for six months? Six months is only going to give way. It's going to expire. It will be March. March? Going, yes. And how much does it cost for you? How many euros? Yeah, well, just... If I'm talking about the cost, it's very costly because the place is not good for you to pay one euro of it. This kind of place, person cannot... Person should not pay no money for this kind of place. Because, but you do, though. Yeah. What do you pay? I pay 100 euro because of just to sustain my life. 100 euros for the six months? Yes, you only get euro for the six months. Okay. Who do you pay? Who owns the. the it's camp? the owner of the container. The owner of the container. I don't know the person mm. name. You know. Is Where it an Italian or an African? No, African man. There's no Italian here. Yeah. So okay. the whole community is uh, sustained by African See, migrants? only okay. migrants are staying because it is easy. Like normal circumstances, people just use here to 
take care of themselves at night when they want to go to toilet. To the toilet, they yeah, use that field. Yeah, see, because no, there is no bathroom for toilet. So when they want to go, they use that place to go to toilet. Yes, it's like this. How many women do you think are in this camp here? There are more than 20. field behind us here and there's this is an olive grove there's a bunch of olive trees and it would look really pretty from a distance actually if you just saw this grove of trees in the fading afternoon sun but what lays behind it and actually just at its roots are plastic bottles and trash and where people are relieving themselves right and and then, of course, beyond are these containers where you guys are living right now. So this is a different Italy. Yeah, yeah, this is not Italy, or this is not Europe. If you're talking about Europe, you come here, you, you will not think this kind of places in Europe. You understand? This place is not Europe. But see, just look the environment. It's not dignified. You can't tell. This is not dignified. You can't tell this is Europe. As you can see for yourself, this whenever anybody see this way, for him or herself, he can't believe this is Europe or this thing is going on in Europe or people are living this kind of life in Europe. I'm really grateful that you brought me here and kept me safe while I was you visiting here today. You forget the name. The name is Peter. Peter. The name is Peter. Peter. Yes, I'll edit it out. Because for you to know this kind of thing is going on, that's why I just brought you here to come here to come and see for yourself. What do you want people to know about you right now living here? People have to know about us, how we are living here. It's, it's dangerous for our lives, for safety. And how do you feel right this now? This is against humanity, humanitarian. I mean, this is against human, human living. When you can see human beings live like this, it's against our living, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. This is not the appropriate way we have to live. No. So this, I, I think this is beyond expectation of us. We did not expect, said when we came in Italy, they will do it like this, bring us out of camp, say because of having negative or because of not having documents, mm-hmm. that we come out for you to come and stay here. This place is terrible, this ghetto, per se. This place is dangerous for life. Because person, it's very easy for person can obtain sickness here. Very easy. You can derive sickness here very easily. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for listening to Open Encounters from Migrants of the Mediterranean. You can follow Migrants of the Mediterranean on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you like Open Encounters, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review. Open Encounters is produced, written, and edited by me, Pamela Kripias. Editorial and outreach by Nick O'Connell. Music by Giovanni Escalera. To read every story and to donate to humanitarian storytelling, go to migrantsofthemed.com. That's migrants of the med. 
www.thepowerofpositivity.com.